In this edition of Hoopsology, we welcome sports reporter for Fox 13 Utah out of Salt Lake City, Andrea Urban. Andrea brings her analysis and expertise to the recent news of Quinn Snyder resigning from his coaching position from the Utah Jazz. This is a must-listen episode for any Utah Jazz fan. As she explains what the future holds for this franchise, this is an awesome chat. We get into her covering the Jazz since COVID. We get into this Utah sports culture and a lot more. Dwayne Wade, Danny Ainge, this is an awesome episode. Get in touch with the show through Facebook and Twitter. Leave us a review on iTunes and email us at hoopsologypod at gmail.com. We are a proud member of the OTG Basketball Network. And now... Andrea Urban. So just hopping into things right away. Um, it's been a really, really busy a couple of weeks for the Utah Jazz with Quinn Snyder um, stepping down after eight seasons. And just right off the gate, what's just your opinion of when you first heard the news? Was it of shock? Were you expecting it? What were your feelings when you just saw it come around your timeline? You know, I think I wasn't shocked. I wasn't shocked, but... I was curious and interested in the way that they delivered the news. So how they said it was that he was concluding his tenure, which is better than stepping down, better than being fired and, you know, better than I got a new job and I'm leaving. So Mm -hmm. I thought that that was interesting how the Utah jazz organization gave him um, kind of a really nice headline to make sure Quinn left on a high note now the reason why i wasn't surprised was because during the season there were so many rumors of him being looked at by the lakers and other teams and um how he hasn't been able to win the jazz you know even get him necessarily past the first round in recent years um quinn's been feeling the pressure and it's been eight years and in my personal opinion, I think he's so basketball minded that it's sometimes to a fault because he sees the game in such a, such an X's and O's like on paper way. And he kind of drives himself insane. So no, I was not surprised because I knew he was in conversation. Um, I'm just surprised by how it was him concluding his tenure um, instead of like, Quinn Snyder's leaving for a new job type of thing. So I knew that was coming. And I also knew that this offseason meant a lot of changes were coming very, very soon for the Utah Jazz. So looking back at the the Quinn Snyder era, and he had mentioned that he's a very X's and O's, yeah. uh, he the X and O's approach. Did that conflict with any of the players that he was coaching um, or did they get on board with that? What was kind of their dynamic like? So I feel like in the recent years um, that the Jazz did buy into Quinn's philosophies. Like I, I really did feel it in the locker room. But what I did notice is that when there was the Rudy and Donovan drama and when there was like trades being made and Derek Favors just being dropped by the Jazz with ease when he meant so much to the franchise or at least to the fan base and they just traded him for money. Um, There were a lot of little things that I noticed that the players would get frustrated with and Quinn would kind of write it off and not necessarily like be there to be like, Hey guys, stop fighting, get together. Like we're a team. He let the guys do their own thing, which I think is a good thing. And also a bad thing. Sometimes you need your coach to be like, Hey, shut up. We're all going to just like get the job done. Um, But he also just let them be mad at each other. And then that's when the, 
the chit chat started and then the statistic came out that Donovan barely passes the ball to Rudy Gobert. And we know that Rudy is an alley-oop kind of guy. Like, but you know what, when you've got people like Mike Conley and formerly Joe Ingles on the team, like they're the guys who are also feeding Rudy the ball. It's not like Donovan's purposely trying not to. So I do think that they bought into his game plan but maybe not how the team as a whole was run together, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Absolutely makes sense. So moving forward for Quinn Snyder, what is the, the next steps for him? Since, you know, the L.A. Lakers job, that's been filled. Where do you think he fits? Does he take a break? Does he pursue other coaching opportunities? And if he does, like, he's had a lot of success with Utah, but yet, you know, not the the next step, which is, you know, advancing to the conference finals or the, the NBA finals. So where do you think he fits into the coaching landscape? Yeah, it's tough. So we, of course, asked him that at his uh, exit press conference, like, what are you doing next? And his answer was that he's been so consumed by this decision because the Jazz did indeed give him a decision. They actually offered him a very lucrative contract and said, stay with us and take this contract or it's up to you. So other jobs, you know, would, would tell you, Hey, get out, you're done. But they actually did give him a choice and his choice was to leave. So in his presser, he said, I've been so consumed by this. All I know is that on Halloween, I'll get to walk with my daughter and I'm taking a break. I just need time away. Now Quinn is still pretty young. He's like 55, 56, for like the basketball world when it comes to like being getting a coaching job. So I think we'll see him very soon as an assistant somewhere. Um, I did read and I'm hearing through the Salt Lake City um, just basketball world that there is a Knicks assistant job that um, he is trying to possibly get a hold of. And I'm not sure if that's directly connected to Johnny Bryant because Johnny Bryant did work with the Utah Jazz prior. And then Johnny's being interviewed for the new head coach job. And I don't know if Quinn's trying to sneak into his position, but I have heard that some of these um, assistant coaches across the league and head coaches too, that are interviewing for this jazz job um, that Quinn would be interested in replacing these assistants. I don't think Quinn wants to be a head coach. Um, the, the thing I will say on this is this is a very late, very late to get rid of a head coach, very late to hire a head coach. This is very late in the game and a lot of the good guys or big names have already been signed and taken away. So I'm curious to see what Quinn does next, but I genuinely do believe the guy's going to take a break for a second and be with his family because eight years, we call it an era because it really was, um, of Quinn Snyder is, is a lot on somebody and we're all human. And I just think he does, he is going to take a break, but I won't, I'm not going to say that we won't see him anytime soon. Yeah, I hope he takes that break. I just think, you know, having that just the time away from the game will make it probably, I'm not put the words in his mouth, but appreciate it even more just having that time away, just, especially just dealing with COVID. I mean, this is not your normal just eight years. I mean, so much oh. has happened. So it'd be so nice just for him just to get that little bit of a, just a break and a rest. Yeah, Quinn was the head coach during when, you know, Rudy Gobert shut down entire sports. Like, yeah. I had interviewed Rudy. Oh, sorry, I hit my microphone. I had interviewed Rudy um, days before his positive coronavirus diagnosis. And it's pretty crazy because at the time, 
None of us, none of us knew anything about it. At the time, COVID tests weren't even free. The Jazz had reached out to all media members and was like, we will pay for your test. Come and get tested if you were with Rudy on this day or this day or this day. Um, I was one of those people. And that was crazy because if you think about it, Quinn was leading the way the entire time um, while all the drama was going on. So I definitely think that a break's coming. So you brought up COVID, and that's an interesting point. And, and during that time, we interviewed a ton of reporters that covered the bubble, um, that covered the league, like right after the NBA was moving to having games back into the arena. And I just yeah. want to ask you, since things are pretty much from a, I guess, in arena standpoint, back to normal, not in terms of you know, what we're dealing with now, but just from a basketball aesthetic and seeing full arenas, what can you compare, like what access, like do you have com compared to, during the pandemic, is everything back to normal from a media standpoint, from covering the team? Do you run any roadblocks <laughs> or anything that's like kept since the COVID era? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The Zoom interviews don't stop. Oh, they man. so we used to be able to watch the end of jazz practice, bring our video cameras into practice, get some video of them shooting around, then set up our cameras and do like a scrum style type of thing with these guys. Same with after games, post-game interviews were in the Utah Jazz locker room while the showers are going, the guys are getting, they would come up and do interviews with us in the locker room, kind of in front of like a, a jazz banner. And, uh, and that was always really cool because interpersonal communication is so much better than screen to screen. And we, we all know that, especially when you're interviewing these athletes who get questions all day, every day, it's really, really good to be there and kind of stand your ground. Um, but the jazz have yet to bring back that po when it's post game, we're on zoom. Um, they do allow people to come into a press conference setting, but no cameras are allowed. So as a local TV a media member that doesn't do anything for me because yeah. the reason I am there is to get my own footage. So no cameras are allowed. And, uh, and now it is not a scrum style. It has, I have not done a scrum style since 2019 or early 2020. Um, it's all in seats with a, with a microphone. And again, really only print or, or beat writers are in that room because I can join on zoom and, also do that. So no, we are very much still zoom and we don't get to go into the locker room anymore. And that used to be such a, a part of the job where you're like, yeah, this is why I do it. You know, like other people will never get to experience like being in a locker room with just, or just, just the guys as a whole. And after a win, they're throwing water on each other and you're there for it. Uh, all of that has sadly stopped. Yes. We're back to a full arena. Um, yes, we get more access than 2020 itself, but if we're talking pre-pandemic, pre-2020, um, it hasn't been the same. Uh, one more question on this, and then, then I'll, I'll yeah. move on. Um, yeah. I find this very fascinating because it is. I just is. I, I have a journalism background myself, and I can I can totally relate just in terms of how that coverage is being in the locker room, how that translates to the fans compared to just a Zoom environment. So, oh. do you know if like yourself and your colleagues have you raised these concerns to um, like the NBA, or as you have you seen a movement in terms of maybe changing this into the future, or have you seen maybe fan feedback saying, "Hey, we know what you guys, you know." things have changed we like you know the old kind of coverage we were getting will that translate in terms of the league actually listening to your concerns 
Yeah, you know, we 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 voice concerns, but in the end, the Jazz are going to do what they want to do. And sure. also, also, I think they've got people up above them in the NBA that are basically like slapping their wrists and being like, don't give in type of thing. Because um, there are days when they're like, yeah, you can come into practice, but don't bring your cameras. And then if we say, well, what the heck? Like, why can't we bring our cameras? They're going to look at us and be like, aren't you just happy that you're in practice? You know, so it's almost like, it's almost like, man, I want another cookie, but I've already given you a cookie. So just enjoy the cookie that you have. Why, why do you want more? So I, we voiced it, um, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything's changing. It's almost one of those things where you just kind of accept it. Now on the college level, I cover the University of Utah football team here. They've been very successful. Same with BYU in recent mm -hmm. years. Um, they are full access um, scrum style, back to practice. There's sweat everywhere. I mean, we are back Great. in action with college football um, and college basketball as well. Super, super cool, like courtside shooting video. But these the jazz and also i do think it's because they were the they were the organization the franchise that that dealt with covid 19 right off the bat they were the ones where rudy tested positive donovan tested positive they don't like each other yeah. it was this whole thing i think deep down the jazz went into crisis mode and still live a little bit with it every single day because they knew how it felt when all eyes in the nation and even worldwide were on that franchise. So no, they, they listen, but they kind of give us the, Hey, just be happy with what you get. So you bring up a point and that takes us to my next question. And that is yeah. the um, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell relationship. And you mentioned that a little bit of those feelings from when COVID first happened is still resonating with this team. So can you kind of go over just their relationship dynamic and with Quinn Snyder being gone, like what's the future of these two coexisting? I, I mean, is, is it possible for these two to even reconcile or is it going to come to a point where you're going to have to trade one of them or yeah. what's really the future of the, with these two? Yeah. So, so I think it's that second part. And I like that you say uh, like coexisting. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's a, a vocabulary word that the that the franchise or those two are ready to uh, deal with. Um, listen, they're two alpha males. They are two alpha males who play this game. And I think what it comes down to as a whole is respect on the court. Respect when that clock is running. I see the respect on the floor. I really do. But there's something behind the scenes that we all don't get to see or be a part of that these two alpha guys are butting heads because one thinks they're more important than the other. One thinks he's better than the, or whatever. And now it's the jazz are paying Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Rudy's making 207 million Donovan, 197 million, I believe. And that's just not even in addition to everything else that they do with their careers. But we are spending so much money on both of these guys for the drama. So the question in this offseason is, is who do the Jazz invest in? And what I'm hearing is talks of trade on Rudy Gobert and not talks of trade or any change on Donovan Mitchell. Now, I can't read minds. Danny Ainge 
is involved at the Utah Jazz. Of course, we got D Wade here now too, but you look at the Boston Celtics, they're in the NBA finals right now. Who built that team? Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge, exactly. Correct. So Utah Jazz have Danny Ainge now. Ryan Smith bought the team, I think it was last year or maybe a little bit over a year ago. Ryan Smith, a billionaire in Utah. Um, We all knew that a lot of change was coming, and this season was the big telltale of, is investing in the current guys going to work, or do we need to make a change? And I think we learned after losing early in the first round that investing in the current guys is not going to work anymore for the Utah jazz. So I do believe that big changes are coming. And I also do believe that it'll be Donovan or Rudy Gobert. So once they're split up, which player do you see flourishing and which do you see just taking a step back or do you see both of them taking a step back and really maybe, you know, looking back on hindsight, really appreciating their time together despite their personal beef that they have. I would hope, I would hope they appreciate their time together because are you, they were the elite tandem, the Rudy Donovan. They were the, they were the all-stars. Utah is a small market team. I like to say mid market because you look at San Antonio, you look at Memphis. I mean, you can't say Salt Lake is much smaller than Memphis, but we're a small market team and they don't get the credit that they deserve ever. So there's this chip on Utah jazz players shoulders at all times. And I can feel it even with Jordan Clarkson, who came in and won six man of the year, the guy is like, yeah, because I want to show people that, that we can play ball in Utah, you know, and it's, it's almost sad that everyone has to carry this sort of something to prove chip. Um, I personally think Donovan Mitchell is a very good basketball player, but he's maybe not the best teammate because sometimes it's the me show with Don. I feel that way. Sometimes you can see his frustrations on the court. He shows it. He's very animated. Um, And that doesn't make anybody feel good on the floor when you're trying to make the ball go into the basket, you know? So I think, I think Donovan, I I truly, I'm trying to, I think both of them will flourish. It's hard to predict the future, um, but Rudy Gobert, yeah, he's seven foot one. Sometimes he doesn't play like he's seven foot one, but the guy makes a difference. He doesn't build up stats because he does the difference on the floor that isn't going to give him a statistic. I've seen I've studied Rudy Gobert's footage and the guy just stands there with his arms out and he changes the entire flow on the floor. So I think no matter where either of them go that they will make a difference, but I've spoke recently with Utah jazz play-by-play announcer, Craig Bowler, Jack, he's been with the franchise for 17 years. Craig said that he's spoken to a lot of former Utah jazz players who have said, I should have never left. And that right there is, is something unique about the Utah jazz market is a lot of players leave going, well, I got to go somewhere else. I can't stay here. And then they leave and go, I should have never left. So you touched on something in terms of playing for Utah, having a chip on the player's shoulder. And 
I guess it sparked the question in my mind. I'm originally from Albuquerque, New Mexico, so I have experience with the Lobos playing, you know, the Utah Utes and BYU, and being <laughs> a Bulls fan with, you know, playing the Jazz, you know, in the, in the '90s. So yeah, it's oh weird God. that Utah doesn't get their due as a basketball state. I don't. It, can you explain why that is? Because I know it personally, just due to heartbreaks, just being a Lobo fan, yeah. um, and just like, witnessing, of course, the rivalry between the Bulls and Jazz, and just you know all those teams' success, you know, since then. But yet they're very underrated, pro or college. Why do you think that is? Um, I'm not. You know, I'm not sure because college too. The Utah Utes, man, these guys are like. We're going to keep making noise and climbing the AP top 25 because people don't know who we are. And listen, I'm from Illinois originally, and I went to Michigan State for college. So even I didn't know Utah sports when I came out here. I was very like, you're the who? You're the youths, you know? And and it's I, I'm not sure. I just think it's been... It took Utah, um, I think they've only been in the Pac-12 for about nine years. So they were Mountain West before, and and they've kind of been growing, and Kyle Whittingham has his growing there and also making a, a nationwide name for himself too. But I just think the Big Ten is the Midwest. The SEC is the South, yeah. opposite side of the country. Yeah. I just think that people take the West coast out of their brains. And then all of a sudden the jazz do something well, or the youths do something well. And people go, Oh, Oh, <laughs> that's from where it's, it truly is just big tens more important. SEC is more important. ACC's we're talking power five, those power five places. And same with connecting it to the NBA as well. Cause this is a basketball podcast, sure. but, but those, power five are in their own world that they forget that others exist. So I'm kind of loving being here for the rise of um, just Utah athletics. I don't know if you remember, but last season, the Utah jazz had a 52 win regular season, finishing first in the entire league, yeah. but yet couldn't even, you know, make a run in the playoffs. And it's just, there's something that they need to figure out here because people are starting to one pay attention to the jazz, but two uh, rip on the jazz because <laughs> they get to, because they get to the playoffs and they, and they shoot themselves in the foot. So, so I think there's just a, a prove yourself type of aspect at all times in the state of Utah and even just West coast sports in general, mm -hmm. um, because everybody else is in, is in their own world. I want to ask you about Danny Ainge. You mentioned him earlier. Um, yeah. He had a massive impact with the Celtics, making some pretty drastic changes. So if he does the same thing to Utah, how is the fan base going to react to that? Are they going to have patience, or is it going to be some skepticism if he does take some dramatic um, routes, if that means some losing seasons? Um, is the fan base down with that in terms Ooh. of you know what they're seeing with Boston now? Yeah, you know, I – I don't think they're down with it. Utah, Salt Lake City as a whole is very old school. Very, we love the ways that we're doing life. We love the things that make us who we are. Um, people in Utah are either fans of BYU or fans of the University of Utah and you butt heads if you don't like one or the other. As for the Utah Jazz, everybody likes the Utah Jazz. Everybody can get behind the Utah Jazz. So that's a lot of opinions 
for the Utah Jazz and mm -hmm. passion as well. So I've been, I've done a lot of man on the street interviews outside of the arena, like, um, what are you excited about tonight? Or, you know, it's the start of the season. What are you, you know, just things like that. And there are people who are like, I've been season ticket holder in my family for 35 to 40 years. You know, this, I'll give it to jazz fans. They are passion. I don't know if you've heard, but playing in Vivint Arena in Salt Lake City is known for the rowdy crowd and loud fan base because the people here give all of their passion to the jazz. So in my personal opinion, and just from living here for the last three years and being absolutely engulfed by sports and seeing that the jazz are the only team that brings this entire state joy, I don't know if they're going to love the changes they even just the new buyout from the millers to ryan smith was huge talk 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 everybody asserting their opinion because ryan smith is actually the youngest owner in all of the nba oh, wow. and people have a lot to say <laughs> about that so i'm excited I'm excited to see what, what they do because my, my, my answer to everybody is look at the Celtics. Yeah. Look at the Celtics right now. True. They just beat the man. They just beat Miami heat and Jimmy Butler, who was right blown smoke out of his ears. I right. mean, the guy was, <laughs> and, and, yeah. and then you got the, the, and then they beat the, they have something there and Utah's not dumb. They know what they're doing and they know, I do think, I do think that changes are going to come. Fans might not like it, but just give it a second is what I want to say to everybody. And, <laughs> and maybe, and maybe some good will come out of it. Uh, final two questions um, with the coaching vacancy for the jazz. Um, who do you think is the best candidate and who do you think ultimately the organization will select? Yeah. So I actually, I have on my phone, a list of names of, uh, not that I think, but these are the ones that they're looking at and okay. these are, and then I'll pick us some off of this list. So it gotcha. says, um, here are some people that are being interviewed. These are assistant coaches, Johnny Bryant, New York Knicks. So Johnny Bryant was previously with the Utah jazz. I really, really like him as someone who's actually worked with him. I really like Johnny Bryant. Um, Will Hardy is also being interviewed. Charles Lee from the bucks, uh, Alex Jensen, current assistants for the Utah jazz being interviewed. There's a whole list of going of, of ongoing. Basically, they just said it's going to be a long, extensive process. I love the idea of Johnny Bryant and Alex Jensen working in tandem or Johnny coming back to Utah because when he was here, I Donovan Mitchell was his best friend. Mm -hmm. Like he's a young, smart basketball knowledge but also knows the game and where it's changing where it's going that's the issue with a lot of that's why jerry sloan basically stepped away he couldn't quite understand the carlos carlos boozer era you know how the game was changing and i be, i believe johnny bryant does so the search is going to be huge and it might even be a left field choice where i'm just like who where from what like <laughs> We, some of the names on the list, I don't even know that well, because how many of us know every single assistant coach on every single team, sure. there's so many finite details in every single organization and franchise, but off the top of my head and just from working with him, um, in 2018 and 2019, I say Johnny Bryant. So final question. I want to ask you about Dwayne Wade, um, 
him becoming just a minority owner. Um, just from like a, like a basketball fan standpoint, just you know watching just the NBA on TNT. He's like courtside, you know. He does like the commentary gig. What's like his real impact on this team? Is he like involved in big time decisions, or is this yeah. kind of like this is a PR deal? Like I'm just trying to see. You have the insights. So compared yeah. to like just a you know Joe Blow fan off the street, you actually have real insider knowledge. So what is his yeah. role and like what is his plans in the future with the Jazz? Yeah, so I personally think that his role is to get superstars to want to come to Utah to show, hey, I'm Dwayne Wade. I'm the guy who was on the Miami Heat, made the run with LeBron James. I'm the guy who went to the Bulls and made a, you know, he's he's the guy who is so, so, so big time that people in China are falling over each other to go meet and get him to try on his shoes. Like it's, he's so big time that I think the jazz brought him in beyond making big decisions. I think to show superstars and or all-star caliber players, Hey, we've got it going on here in Utah. And even I think so too. You know, that's, I'm not sure. I'm, I think once they start making decisions, like from, from either trading Rudy or from hiring a new coach, I think once we start to see that, we will really start to see if Dwayne Wade is involved in anything. But currently, I've just been around him and Gabrielle Union and, and they're just actively at the games and talking to people and, and they don't just sit courtside with their hood up and like, don't look at anyone like they aren't. After the after the um, one of the recent games in like the playoffs, the Jazz were still playing. It wasn't like a, an L. Um, D Wade was on the court shooting hoops after the game was over with Ryan Smith, the owner, and having fun. And I was right there getting my work done because um, this past season I filled in as the in arena MC at the Jazz games, and so I was getting my mics put away. And like, there's Dwayne Wade just shooting hoops after the crowd left, you know. So. There's something about him that I trust and that I like. And there's also something about him that makes me wonder if it was just a publicity of I'm an all-star, let's get all-stars here too. So um, that answer is still to be determined. Gotcha. I think we will really see it come because there hasn't been any decisions made lately. I do know that Donovan Mitchell loves D Wade and also um, uh, compares his gameplay to D Wade. So that's probably a major contributor as well. When the star player on the roster connects to the guy who now co-owns the team. I remember when it was D Wade's last night playing basketball, his retirement um, Donovan had on the, the shirt with the tour dates on the back. That was D Wade's shirt. So they've constantly been supporting each other over the years before he came an owner. Um, so I know he's, He's involved, but maybe in ways that aren't what we're quite thinking of. Gotcha. Well, I'm excited just to see what he does. He seems so much. Just when you hear his analysis compared to other players, he, he's a really, I think, an underrated basketball mind within the league. So um, I think his impact's going to be, be felt in the future for sure. Um, I really appreciate this chat. Thank you so much for joining the show. Can you please let our audience know where you can find you on social media and then um, any other projects or things you're up to for the rest of the year as well? Yeah, absolutely. So on Twitter, it is Andrea Urban TV. 
Um, that is strictly sports updates for all Utah things, as well as my opinion here and there on uh, maybe the NBA finals as well. And then on Instagram, a little bit more of a look into my personal life as well, of course, as sports, because that is basically what defines me is just Andrea Urban underscore. Um, and then I'm on Fox 13. I'm also on KBear 101 radio here in Salt Lake City on Monday, Wednesdays and Friday mornings with Mick and Allen in the morning, they're just two legends that have been in this market for 30 some years. And then I do MC stuff with the Utah Jazz. I've got Summer League coming up next cool. month um, that I will be working in tandem with the Utah Jazz and working with them. So a lot of opportunity in this city. I know maybe you see the size or the capacity of Salt Lake City, but this place is, I compare it to a growing Denver. A lot to come um for this place so i'm all around and please reach out to me if there's questions too i love talking about uh basketball and sports so awesome thanks so much for your time really appreciate it absolutely thanks for having